guys, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Pretty Smart Podcast. I'm your host, Shioni Hardy. I'm a self-esteem and relationship coach, entrepreneur, and I create content on my Instagram and YouTube and now podcast all about self-improvement and just understanding yourself. So if you have been following my journey at all, you know that this podcast has been a long time coming, but I'm really excited to just get into it now and give to you the first season, which is going to consist of 10 episodes where I have pretty smart conversations. (laughs) That's so cringy. Conscious conversations with inspiring individuals where hopefully we can all learn and grow together. So my first episode, I have Jess Green-Ash, also known as the crude vegan with me today. Hello, darling. How are you doing? I'm fine and dandy, darling. How are you? I'm fantastic. I I just love the hair. I just love you. Everything about you. You're just like (laughs) so elegant. Stop, stop. Um, For anyone who is just listening via audio, um, Jess has amazing hair. (laughs) I I have to tell them what I'm talking. Disclaimer. No, literally. She's bright. No, no. Jess's hair is pink, and then she's got like turquoise streaks at the front. It's just very original. I love it. The authenticity. Thank you. Thank you. When you when you find yourself (laughs) finally, you know, literally. I know people need to be themselves. So, Jess, you create content which is, I I would say, surrounding body honesty, self acceptance, and you document your vegan journey as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you actually said body honesty. A lot of people say body positivity. Really? No, girl, it's body body honesty. I appreciate that. You know, that's funny because that's actually the first thing that I wanted to get into because I see that um, when I go onto your Instagram, then you have the the hashtag body honesty in Mm -hmm. your bio. Mm -hmm. And I've never really seen that term used elsewhere. And I kind of feel like... You're the pioneer. You see, coined this is the it, thing. right? I'm I'm very confused about that because like I honestly didn't I honestly didn't see anyone else saying body honesty. Mm-hmm. That's why I started to use it. And mm-hmm. then as I've been using it more, I still haven't seen anyone else use it. And I'm like Honey trademark. Interesting. Maybe, maybe trademark I did coin it. it. But will you just explain to the people yes. what exactly body honesty means to you? So it just means like being in a state of like pure self-acceptance, mm-hmm. understanding that we are not perfect and that we don't have to fit into the, the body positivity category. Mm-hmm. When I started like this body body journey of mm-hmm. accepting myself, I found a lot of like body positivity pages and mm-hmm. stuff and like people promoting that. And I was just like, I do not fit in there at all. Like yeah. as much as I can kid myself to think, oh my God, yeah, I love myself. Like, <laughs> let's be real, honey. I do not. I look in the mirror and I'm like, girl, girl. Mm-hmm. So it got to the point where I was like, no, let's just like sit down in the mirror naked or take pictures and just mm-hmm. be honest about what I have. And you know, like it, I have certain parts of my body that are not the best and yeah. not the best, but like parts that I no could be you know more toned or different different in different ways mm-hmm. <laughs> different in different ways yeah. so I started to feel not like ostracized or alienated but I felt like there wasn't a space for me to just be like mm-hmm. you know what I don't love myself mm-hmm. but that's okay but my end goal is to love myself mm-hmm. so I just started to accept the things about myself that I can't change mm-hmm. for example my labia I've always hated my labia I've hated how long they were just like I would always see like these beautiful night, nice, like tucked in vaginas. Mm -hmm. No, vulvas. That's something I'm training (laughs) myself. It's not a vagina. I always call it a vagina as well, but that's just out of habit. Uh Same. I'm trying to train myself. Do you want to explain just for the people who don't know the technical terms? Yeah. The vagina is the 
the hole in the canal, basically. Mm-hmm. So where the babies come out of, where the period goes out, where the peni may go in. Um, and, <laughs> may. The, <laughs> yeah. and the vulva is your labia. So on mm-hmm. the outside, we have the labia majora. I like to think of it as major, meaning bigger, mm-hmm. which are the ones that, you know, protect what's inside. And the labia minora are the, the inner flaps, basically. Mm-hmm. So some people, well, when I was growing up and, you know, when I started watching, you know, porn and stuff, I would see that a lot of, if not 99.9% of the women had nice, neat, tucked in vulvas. Mm. And I really felt like I didn't, I didn't fit in with that. And I felt like I was abnormal mm-hmm. and being an only child as well with like a one parent family. I didn't know that other vulvas may have looked like mine. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to, you know, get more comfortable with myself and like ask my friends, like, oh my God, like, let me see your vulva, like, how are you doing, mm-hmm. you know? And then I would, or like at sleepovers and, you know, you're getting changed and you have like a quick glance <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, like yours is what I see in porn. Mm-hmm. So everyone that I knew, their vulvas were like that. And I really, really hated myself. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to the point where I you know, came out and I started dating women and, you know, realized that they weren't all actually like what I saw online or whatnot Mm -hmm. is when I started to realize that actually I am not abnormal. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to realize that I am not going to save up thousands of pounds to get labiaplasty because that is something I was going to do. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing about myself that I accepted that I'm not going to change. So other parts of myself, like my lower, my lower belly, you know, she's a bit podgy. I've accepted that because I know that I can change it. Like Mm -hmm. if I want to change it, I can. I'm just too lazy. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, (laughs) I just love bread too much. So I'm not going to give up the bread just to have a nice flat stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah that's that's what body honesty means to me it's just being in a state of pure self-acceptance mm-hmm. and realizing that if i want to progress to body like positivity then i can and it's okay mm-hmm. but i don't hate myself and i don't love myself i'm just chilling in the middle mm-hmm. and i feel like it's really important for people to know there was a space for them yeah because we're constantly either shoved in our face is body negativity mm-hmm. a lot as well it's like very glam it's like it's being glamorized to hate yourself i feel and I feel like there's then there's the complete opposite end, which is with people screaming self-love and all mm-hmm. of this. And I just feel like it's really unattainable for a lot of people, mm-hmm. like the regular folk like us who can't afford like certain like therapy and stuff to help us. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. And oh, my gosh, so many questions. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. So one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on and actually be the first episode is because I have my own journey. Um, like I've been through a period of low self-esteem and mm-hmm. I wanted to get surgery for like multiple different things. And I wanted yeah. to get like fillers and all these different things because I thought that it would make my life easier if I was more attractive. Mm-hmm. And that's something which we're going to kind of go into later on in the yeah. episode, talking about Instagram and the different influences that mm-hmm. come with it. But what I actually find interesting is that when I think back to when I first started watching porn, I don't actually remember how old I was. I think I was quite young. I remember Mm -hmm. being really young. Yeah. I don't know why, but I was so funny, Jess. (laughs) I can remember um, when I was so, so young, I was in primary school. Mm -hmm. I went on my dad's computer and my friend came around and I typed in sex into Google and I felt so naughty and we we just wanted to see what would come up. But he, I think I... I don't know. There was nothing weird that came up. It must have just mm-hmm. been the definition of yeah, what yeah, sex yeah. is. Yeah. But um, my dad must have been like, what on earth is this going to do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I was like yeah. eight years old oh, or something. So but when I first started watching porn, I don't particularly remember 
seeing just one type of labia. And even like, I don't really watch porn nowadays, but uh-huh. if I do ever like, you know, have a quick browse, I don't really necessarily see one type of labia. And oh, I don't wow. know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. What if porn it's just you like, watching? What category were you saying. in, babes? That's what I'm saying. I think a lot of the stuff that I see is on Tumblr as well. They have a lot of like more inclusivity uh-huh. and stuff like that. But um, I hear people talking about how there's just one type of labia, which is mm-hmm. desired. Yeah. But in terms of porn, I don't necessarily like I've seen so many different types And I think that um, like a lot of my insecurities, like body insecurities or whatever Mm -hmm. come from real people who are uninformed and express Uh their opinion. Like I can remember one specific thing which made me kind of, I guess, question um, myself was I was in high school in this one guy, um, we were in the computer room and you know, I don't know, I don't know what it's called. What was that thing called where it was like the little um, paperclip? Do you remember it was a paperclip and you clicked it and it would like help you on Word? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah, what it's yeah. called, but yeah, I, I, for some reason, I remember he clicks on that and then there were some cartoons that came up and then mm. this cartoon of a woman came up and this boy, he commented and he was like, oh, she has really small boobs. Oh, and I yeah. was thinking like, uh-huh. it's a cartoon. Yeah, literally. Like it's literally a cartoon mm-hmm. and you're like like 40 yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah, like, honestly, but then I started thinking to myself like how big are your boobs supposed to be, to be? Yeah. exactly and like and that's a cartoon like yeah who knows how old that cartoon was drawn to be I far. know it's really that's quite inappropriate yeah. to actually think of it that way <laughs> but it's just so weird how I think um young guys especially um they have a massive influence on how girls think of themselves because uh-huh. obviously they want to feel attractive and mm-hmm. you know conform to a certain they want to feel accepted and desirable especially in that kind of like early those early teenage years Uh and I think that so many young guys they kind of they look towards um media where women they're like hypersexualized and have these like super voluptuous bodies or do you know what the reason why um in porn magazines they actually show women who have labia which are like more tucked in Uh is because apparently it's seen as um more I don't want to use the word vulgar, but it's more provocative um, to have a it, labia which is exposed. A bit more meaty, a bit more yeah, hanging out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know how they would like kind of censor the magazines, yeah. like not fully, but they might show like breasts or yeah, something. Uh-huh. Um, but apparently it was like too much to show um, like a, a larger oh, wow. labia. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons why they didn't have that representation is because it was it was like too much. I never actually felt like I wasn't enough from guys growing up, Mm -hmm. which is funny because no one ever told me I was, you know, abnormal Mm -hmm. or that I didn't look right. Every guy that I was with, like, you know, we just had a great time. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just my own self-confidence issues. And I would, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, when you just, you want to have sex in the dark and, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to take off all your clothes because, Mm -hmm. you know, you have an issue, but they don't care how big your boobs are. They, you know, and mm-hmm. especially as you get older and you and boys grow into men as well, mm-hmm. they start to realize that you know everyone is different. Everyone is different, and mm-hmm. they don't actually like. I feel like boys are also like pushed into having a type. Mm-hmm. So like, yes. I feel like boys also yeah. like they will like they will like certain things and they will like things that most boys don't like, mm-hmm. but they won't say that because if they say that they actually like a girl that's a bit more flat in all areas and that's yeah. just their type, then mm-hmm they'll be, you know, laughed at and called out. So yes. then they've got to then correct it and say, yeah, I like big boobs. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think um, whatever the popular culture is, it kind of like perpetuates that cycle uh-huh, into what is desirable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 
I think that um, depending on whatever the dominant culture is, like mm -hmm. say for example, in the 90s, it was more about like being super skinny. And then now um, it's more to do with being like more voluptuous, yes, yes, yes. Kim Kardashian, Absolutely. that sort of yeah. It's all like just trends, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Completely, mm -hmm. yeah. So for you, when did your first idea of beauty develop in your mind? Like what did you, when you were younger, what did you think was beautiful? What was your idea Ooh. of beauty? My idea of beauty, that's, oh my God, I've never actually thought about that, you know. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would have definitely, I feel like it started to develop when I was probably about 13, mm -hmm. I think, because my mum always wore makeup. Like mm -hmm. every single day she'd wear makeup and she'd wear her boots and she'd like, you know, she'd always dress up nice and yeah. stuff. And um, so then I was like, oh, okay, let me try some makeup. So I started to wear makeup. I started to wear foundation. And then I saw that, you know, everyone my age was doing the same thing. And also everyone in the media as well was doing mm. so, like all of the celebrities and, you know, like, I remember always just seeing one type of beauty though, you know, like always the blonde hair, blue eyed white woman who was like very slim, didn't have massive boobs, but was like, just, you know, like mm -hmm. maybe just like medium, maybe like a CD cup. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, it was always, wait, it was always double Ds actually. I feel like mm -hmm. everyone was always like, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh, she's got to have double Ds, you know? I have the funniest stories to tell you after this. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I feel like as I started to, you know, grow up and become more me, I've started to realize that there is no mm. beauty stat. There is, there shouldn't be like for me in my eyes, like there is nothing that makes somebody specifically beautiful, you know, mm -hmm. it's more just like who they are and how well, they carry themselves. I would, <laughs> I know that we're talking about like um, inclusivity and everything, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like I actually beg to differ because people do prefer different things but mm -hmm. that doesn't take away from your innate value yeah no of you course. know like yeah. people are always going to have trends and cultures like in china they used to bind their feet mm -hmm. in um i don't know which era it is but in um in europe they used to you know wear the have like the tiny tiny waists uh -huh. and stuff and like tastes and fashions are constantly evolving and changing mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that there is an objective beauty though but mm -hmm. i think that there's definitely um, periods where people find different things attractive I think mm -hmm. it's just not reducing yourself and to believing that that is the be all and end all yeah. of what beauty is that's just the culture as it stands exactly yeah it's you the know? culture yeah no totally I hear yeah. that I watched one of your YouTube videos recently and you said hating yourself makes you seem more relatable mm. and I was thinking about that and it's kind of interesting it's kind of interesting, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting to think of it in that way because I don't know. I just want you to speak about it and then I'm going to mm -hmm. share my thoughts on I feel like, why you said that. Yeah, I feel like I, I, when I said that, I was speaking more of like in the terms of like the influencer, mm -hmm. like YouTube, Instagrammer kind of like environment. I should have specified more on that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like people like when you watch a video of someone or, you know, whatever and, you know, they're... You know when people make like um like self-hating jokes and they like, yeah. you know, say, oh, like this, like that they don't like this. And, you know, when you even myself, like as I started to watch YouTube, I started to feel like I could relate to these people more mm -hmm. because they didn't mm -hmm. like who they were mm -hmm. and they weren't happy with who they were. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel like you're not alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. absolutely. Which, of course, is great because it's nice to know you're not alone. Yeah. But um. I feel like it also not promotes it because people don't consciously do it. They don't like consciously like, you know, like talk 
bad about themselves so that people can relate. It's just something that that happens and something that they just do regularly without even realizing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I've been. I've been there. And that's how I gained my audience Mm -hmm. is through hating myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the one video that blew up which got me to where I am now is the my daily struggle with vaginal discharge. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think I mentioned that many positive things in that video. Mm-hmm. And of course, that brought a lot of people to the video who also went through that, who thought they were alone. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was just the beginning. Um, and then when I started to open up more about my vulva and stuff and how much I hated it, this was before I was on the journey of, you know, body honesty. This is when I was just talking about how much I disliked myself. Mm-hmm. Um, people really, really related to it. And of course, it's like I said, it's lovely to be able to relate to someone's struggle because mm-hmm. you, you go through the same thing. But I feel like it has definitely, yeah, I feel like there are a lot of people who are now, they're not you know conscious that they're doing this Mm -hmm. and I've got to the stage where I'm now able to you know realize you know where I was and what I can now bring to those people who joined me through that negativity Mm -hmm. you know so they may still be going through those negative things but now I'm slowly coming out of the other end of it I can hopefully try and bring them up what I absolutely love about you Jess is just the vulnerability that you have and I think that it takes so much courage it takes so much strength because a lot yeah how did you even have the ability to post something that you felt like so it has always been a huge part of my identity but no one knew it yeah no one knew about all the small things that make up me Mm -hmm. they just know what what they want to know or what Mm -hmm. they see um the first video that was like that was the discharge video Mm -hmm. and genuinely like I filmed it just on a whim Mm -hmm. just because I would always speak about it with my friends and like, you know, they would get it, but they'd get it maybe like a few days before their period or Mm -hmm. they'd get it afterwards. I thought you meant like they would get it, like understand. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) They would get discharged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it wouldn't be like every single day, like Mm -hmm. especially like mum, I love you. You're not listening to this, but I love you. But she would be like, what's this in your underwear? Mm-hmm. And obviously that would then like make me feel like, what, what is the going- hell? Yeah. Like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. So I went, of course, I've been to the doctors so many times, the gynecologist so mm-hmm. many times. And they would all just tell me that it's normal. And mm-hmm. I would, you know, one gynecologist told me that uh, a, a patient of hers has to carry around like four pairs of underwear with her in a day because mm-hmm. she constantly has to change. Mm-hmm. And I told my mum that. And my mum was just like, oh, she's just, you know, just saying that just to make you feel better. And Why would like, anyone say that I just know. to make you feel yeah, better? I know. She's like, a medical that's, professional. That's the thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe our parents' generation, they maybe didn't have the mental health support and people didn't speak about mental health mm-hmm. and self-esteem so much. Maybe they didn't have access to the knowledge or resources to be able to um, you know understand yeah. themselves mm-hmm, totally. in that way um, like literally access to resources yeah, like literally like yeah. there was no internet and also like people didn't people read all the time just love to shrug shrug things under like push things under yeah. the rug mm-hmm. like you know it's not especially my family because every family I feel like is very very similar in that way yeah and I am the first one in my family who has brought that conversation to the family mm-hmm. and I you know do put that on my age and it's how you, we've baby. grown up <laughs> you know what can I say <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah like they didn't have it but we do now and mm-hmm. so we have I feel like we have a much bigger responsibility than our parents did when they were our age because mm-hmm. 
we do have so much access to so many different resources whether mm -hmm. that's even just having a conversation like this like we are learning from each other and that is our responsibility to do mm -hmm. it's our responsibility as humans to you know pass on information and knowledge mm -hmm. with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility <laughs> it's true i've always been that one friend in the friendship group that is the most open mm -hmm. like sexually with everything i feel like there's always like one friend that's like not the perv but like is the one that will like slap your bum or you know say your tits look great today <laughs> yeah. you know like that's me i am that friend mm -hmm. and so i think that you know, that gave me the confidence to speak about it, especially mm -hmm. since being in a relationship with a woman and knowing that she also gets daily vaginal discharge, mm -hmm. but in a different way to me. Her discharge is different to mine, which which is amazing in itself, but mm -hmm. that's what gave me the confidence. And also what helped was that when I posted the video, I was on holiday in St. Lucia. Mm -hmm. I just found some Wi-Fi and I was like, I need to upload, you need to be consistent. So I just like posted it and I checked back on it in like three, four days. And I was like, what the hell? Like uh -huh. it had blown up. Like I went from 2K subscribers to 20K and I was like, oh That's my so goodness, amazing. like what the hell? And then and then the genuinely the thing that gave me the confidence to post more things like that was the people that commented. Mm -hmm. I had never ever, oh, I could cry thinking about it. Hey. I had never ever <laughs> felt so like understood and accepted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, babe. And I say this. And I feel like a lot of people say this and maybe don't mean it as much, but like, mm -hmm. if it wasn't for my, <laughs> if it wasn't for my audience, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be who I am. Mm -hmm. I think this is why we do what we do and have these conversations because like we're all on a path of healing mm -hmm. and like we, me and Jess, we were having a conversation before we came onto and started recording the podcast and, um, I just, I'm just going to reaffirm to you yeah, now, yeah. Jess, like you touch so many people, literally. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, but honestly, like you've probably saved lives and the work that you do, like I don't know why so many people hate themselves. We can hypothesize, mm -hmm. but I think that we all just have this innate, um, pain that yeah like. it's like it's like a pain we we have this innate hole within us and whether it's due to our upbringing or society many people I think for the majority of people we have this insecurity where we feel like we're not enough mm -hmm. and um, absolutely I think we really need to just give our props to people when it's due and you are someone who you're literally like an earth angel really <laughs> no I really appreciate that thank really, you because you're helping so many people to learn to accept themselves and like we were saying just before as well we're all just human mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what we look like mm -hmm. I know that other people are going to have their judgments mm -hmm. and you know they might prefer one thing based to another but and there's cultural differences of course. which you know define those oops <laughs> almost just knocked over a glass of water <laughs> there's cultural differences which can sway those opinions but ultimately we're all equal mm -hmm. regardless of what we look like our bodies are just our bodies and on the spiritual sense as well we aren't our bodies yeah, so yeah of course it this doesn't is, define us this and is just the vehicle exactly and if you think about it in that sense as well then if we're not our bodies then surely we should be able to change our bodies or not change our bodies and exactly. it's literally we're literally just you know yeah living here just for the, having fun exactly like, i 
don't dye my hair because I hate the color of my natural hair. Mm -hmm. I dye my hair because I am creative and I'm expressing who I am right now. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, in a few years time, my hair's not going to be this color. I'm going to go through different phases. And I feel like, of course, like, you know, beauty on the inside really counts, but I feel like to also like what you see in the mirror does count. And I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people do say, you know, it's beauty within. That's what only what really matters. Mm -hmm. And of course it does matter, but it also matters to like what you see in the Mm -hmm. mirror. And that in itself is a journey because yeah, I wanted to get a nose job when I was younger. It's up until Mm -hmm. last year, I was definitely going to get lip fillers because I don't Mm -hmm. like my lips. Um, I'm starting to, I don't not like them now, Mm -hmm. but I'm on that journey still. And there's always going to be things about us that we want to have differently, but we can slowly start to change our mindset about how we feel about how we look. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't like it when I have, you know, certain amounts of makeup on my face because I don't feel, you know, comfortable with it. Whereas when I was younger, up until I'd say about 19, I used to like wear like full face of makeup every day. Like literally, you know, when you just can't even go to the corner shop, just like five minutes Mm -hmm. away from your house without makeup on, like, and literally like, it's only until, see, I don't like to say that, you know, okay, wait, scrap that. You know, when people say that you can't truly love someone until you love yourself, Mm -hmm. I completely hear and understand that. And I think that may be the case for some people. Um, But when I fell in love with my girlfriend, I fell in love with her hard and I did not love myself. And she also fell in love with me hard. So she was still able to love me, even though I didn't love myself. Mm -hmm. And through this relationship, when she listens to this, she's going to be like, I'm always saying this, Jess, but you (laughs) you know, deny it because I don't like to, you know give her you know the props all the time Mm -hmm. but this relationship has totally helped for me to heal myself and I feel like once you know if you are in that kind of relationship then it's okay to know that you are still loved and you can still love Mm -hmm. wholly and 100% even if you don't love yourself Mm -hmm. absolutely I think it's uh, more about finding a kind partner Mm -hmm. and someone who um, teaches you how to love yourself and helps you to reaffirm certain things Mm -hmm. you know shows you um that you are desirable and that you are beautiful so that Mm -hmm. you feel it but then not becoming dependent on that yeah absolutely Um, and you have to do the work alongside 100 your partner helping you to get to that place otherwise that's when you'll fall short but Mm -hmm. i can see you're glowing baby i can see that you're doing the work yourself as well um so i just kind of want to speak about I want to touch on plastic surgery because like you just said, you said that you wanted mm-hmm. to get a nose job mm-hmm. and fillers. And um, I mean, I wanted to as well. I even went to a doctor's consultation, not last year, the year before, um, because I, w- I wanted to get a boob job. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a funny thing because I feel like I have always had um, role models in my life who are, I say role models. I've had people representations in my life for probably the wrong reasons. Like I was looking towards the wrong people Mm -hmm. um, for representation. And this is so funny. And I'm James is going to find this so funny, our podcast producer. But um, I can remember being super young. This is when I was in my old house as well. So I was in primary school Mm -hmm. again. Do you remember those eggs? those alien eggs. Oh my God, I used to love those things. Yeah, they were so much fun to play with. But if you uncupped them, the two halves, I used to literally put them inside my ballet costume and pretend that they were boobs. 
Oh my god. And I was so young and pretending that I was I know that a lot of girls do that. They just they'll yeah, just like yeah, dress yeah. up and like stuff their bra or whatever. Uh -huh. But I remember being so young and doing that. Yeah. This is so funny as young, well. Young, like under ten young, like I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't that really damaging? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't exactly know where that came from, but I know that certain friends of my mother's had had plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're kind of surrounded by that, yeah, uh -huh. then it becomes normalized. And you see that they enjoy themselves more with the surgery done and then yeah. they're happier in who they are. Well, you think that might bring that to you as well. Maybe, but to be honest, they didn't even really seem that happy in who they were. But mm. I think it's just, that's, it's like you look a certain way. Yeah, uh-huh. Or you at least try to look a certain way. So you look better to the outside world. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just um, relying on external mm -hmm. validation. I have a friend who always hated her breasts. She mm -hmm. never, was never ever happy. She was like a double A, um, even that. I mean, I did see and, you know, like she was pretty much flat, mm -hmm. if I'll be real. Like, you know, you just, you know, see the nipple um, and she you know everyone would always say to her like you know it's okay like you're still growing you know mm -hmm. you're only 15 you're still growing and you know she was she would pretty much just shut it down every single time and there's not much we could do about it mm -hmm. and she's always struggled with self-esteem issues even still now mm -hmm. but not surrounding that area because when she, since she was young she always saved her money because she knew that she wanted to get a breast a breast job a boob job yeah and she did when she hit 18 really? she went to the consultation mm -hmm. got it done and she did feel so much better about that mm -hmm. and I think it's different for everybody I think everyone is different but I feel like if you can feel that you have something in you that you can pull out which is the strength to start accepting yourself then mm -hmm. absolutely but I don't want to like you know demonize people that do make the decision mm -hmm. to get surgery if you can learn to accept yourself then absolutely but mm -hmm. if you are just like absolutely like depressed if your mental health is completely mm -hmm. declined because of it and you feel like there's no hope then do what you feel will make you happy genuinely mm -hmm. but just be conscious of the decisions you're making and the message that you're sending to people I mean she doesn't nobody knows that she's had it done apart from a few people she doesn't yeah. shout about it she doesn't say you should get this done mm -hmm. but if someone asks her, her about her journey then she would be honest. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to know that you, I feel like, sorry, I feel like I'm interviewing Nina. But <laughs> it's interesting to know that, <laughs> that you went for a consultation, but yeah. you decided against it. I know. Well, I think, to be honest, adding on to what you just said, I think it depends on the reason. I mean, I can't judge anyone mm -hmm. for anything because who am I mm -hmm. to impose my values and beliefs onto someone else? Yeah. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Um, but what I would encourage young people and or any people of any age, to be honest, is to just think about where that um, need for change is coming from. Mm -hmm. If it's coming from a place of empowerment, or oh, I just want to look different just because, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's yeah, allowed yeah, to yeah. do whatever they want. It's, of course. it's free speech, free country. Mm -hmm. um, you can look how you want to. Surgery is an available option. Or is it just because you want to conform? Yeah, that's Because it's thing. an insecurity. And mm -hmm. do you have the ability to make that change? And one of the ways how um, I kind of like reconciled my situation and began to accept myself more is learning about beliefs and values instead of just unconsciously thinking that, oh, this is, I just think this because I think this. And I want to change myself because I feel like I'll be more socially accepted and I'm just going to feel more confident. Mm -hmm. Like, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Where does it come from? And for me... Okay, I thought, so I 
don't like certain things about myself because I'm saying that it's my boobs. I'm saying that it's my lips. I'm saying that it's this. I'm saying this, that. But really it's not. Like, it's because I just don't innately think I'm enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It comes from a much deeper place than just the surface level. Exactly. Yeah. And as soon as you start to kind of like, as soon as I started to question those beliefs Mm -hmm. and actually be a bit more introspective, then that's when I realized that I did have the power to change it. Yeah. And um, I think everyone does have that ability because we all have this internal strength. And, um, but at the same time, like everyone is free to, Mm -hmm. to indulge in whatever they want to. And it definitely does like depend on your mental health. And of Mm -hmm. course your upbringing plays a huge role in your mental health and like, you know, and our shadow selves, but we shan't get into that today. But it's, it's, we are definitely raised to believe certain things and feel like we should fit certain things. But then, you know, like depends on you as a person, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, like if you can find the strength and whatnot to, to change things, then mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. do that. But yeah, just know that you are still perfect and enough if you do want to get surgery, mm-hmm. like that is okay. But make sure that it is coming from a place of, you know, that that's for you. Mm-hmm. Not because you think, you know, so-and-so will like you better. I think the show business culture, mm-hmm. like Instagram, Hollywood, in terms of like the aesthetic as- um, aspect of it, um, that kind of like feeds into many people's insecurities mm. because a lot of people, they want to be famous for, because they want that yeah. social yeah, inclusion. Yeah, yeah. And they also think if they look like that, they'll become famous. Exactly, exactly. And I think that... Um, social media has just taken that whole world and put it into people's laps mm-hmm. and it's like absolutely where do we go and from that's here? that's the influencer category because people actually now look up more to influencers yeah. than they do celebrities yeah i feel like celebrities are not old news but like compared to you know a young person's favorite youtuber yeah. like a celebrity doesn't mean anything because they can't they feel like they cannot relate to that celebrity in any mm. way and that's you know when you know these YouTubers, they start off like, you know, small and more relatable. Mm-hmm. And then as they realize there is money to be made, mm-hmm. they do start making changes about themselves and they become a lot less relatable. Mm-hmm. And that's when their audience starts to drop off because they're not the person that they were when they joined, yeah. which to be honest with you is okay. Everybody grows differently. Everybody, you know, finds themselves in different ways. And of course, if you join, you know, as a subscriber to someone's channel, like in the first year that they start their channel and then seven years later, they've changed. Mm-hmm. What more do you expect? Like they're growing as a person, mm-hmm. but I do understand that, you know, like people start changing things and it starts to, you know, maybe give them more opportunities, especially the way that brands work nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you think about it, wherever you live in the world, whether you're in Africa, Asia, LA, Mm. you know, Europe, whatever culture you live in then you kind of assimilate to the traditions Mm -hmm. um that that culture has so for instance if you're in a tribe in africa then Mm -hmm. you might use those neck rings to Mm -hmm. extend your neck Mm -hmm. or um i don't know what some of the other traditions and cultures are beauty standards in different cultures exactly exactly so when you think about it it's It's not really that surprising that people um in la you know and surgically enhance themselves because Mm -hmm. that is the normalized culture and um I don't know it's kind of sad to think about Kylie Jenner I'm just going to speak about her Mm. because she's one of the youngest members of 
um, the Kardashian-Jenner family. And we know for certain that she has enhanced herself. Mm -hmm. Like none of, none of the other ones have actually come out and said that they have. Yeah. Whereas she has said that she has, mm -hmm. you know, put lip fillers in. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if she said, if she's changed anything else about herself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, people point things at her and they kind of put her down mm -hmm. for all the changes yeah, that she's made and how do. she's profited off of everything. But if you think about it, it's kind of like, that's her culture. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. what, she, that's uh -huh. what, you know, if you see everyone around you doing that, that's like, mm -hmm. like a rite of passage. And to be honest, I have a great respect for her because there was that long phase where we all knew that she got it done, but she was not admitting, admitting mm -hmm. it. She was just saying, oh, it's my new lip gloss or, you know, like she was not admitting it. And it was very obvious. And I think people were just constantly on the attack um, about it and mm -hmm. I was just like mate like she's obviously got massive insecurities yeah. and we are all human no matter how much money or how much you're in the, the limelight like mm -hmm. we all are human we all have insecurities and we are all allowed and to take our time to admit to those things mm -hmm. do you think there's a right or wrong for people to profit off of their appearance I think like in your opinion I think it's I think it's right mm -hmm. I do especially from like for example using your body to make money so mm -hmm. a lot of people are against sex workers and a lot of people feel like you shouldn't do that I mean I wouldn't put myself in the sex work worker category but I have and still do sell my underwear mm -hmm. and that really? is really yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and that is my body my choice yeah literally my body my choice and like I'm um, not to say that if my management said, look, Jess, mm -hmm. if you got fillers and if you got like, you know, your bum done and if you went to the gym seven days a week, like we know for a fact that you'd be bringing in thousands of pounds a mm -hmm. month, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. But that's just my personal choice. And someone who someone else who may be presented with that same proposal, mm -hmm. if they said yes, that's still perfectly OK. And that's completely up to them. But what they then do with what they do to themselves and how they then spread that message is where that then becomes the kind of like, not even a gray area, but it's, it's like, it's like, mm, because yeah, you got this done for yourself, mm -hmm. maybe for money or for if you just wanted to get it done. But it's then how you then speak to your audience and the people around you about what you got done. Mm -hmm. And whether you say that you need to get this because, you know, I got this or it's even, they don't even need to say it. I guess it happens just like, by it's like cause and effect. Like, yeah you know, their followers may see them start changing things about themselves and suddenly they've got a Prada bag. Suddenly, like, they've got, like, 100,000 more followers and, and that then makes people feel like that they need to do the same. Mm -hmm. But I think that it is an... It is definitely a social media person's uh, responsibility to speak openly about these things with their audience and just be... Literally, I can't say responsibility enough. It is your responsibility to be honest with people about why you've done things or you know but then again you don't need to explain yourself this is where I'm like <laughs> I know you don't, and I'm just like always stuck it's like you don't need to explain yourself to yeah. anybody but I guess it depends on the person and I guess it depends like for me for example my content is all about you know self-acceptance and like you know being honest with yourself and just, just being open mm -hmm. so if I was to go and get different surgeries done and just not tell them about it, not tell them why, but they can clearly see that would be the worst thing I could possibly do. Mm -hmm. But for an influencer who just talks about fashion, mm -hmm. that that maybe not be so much their responsibility yeah. to do so. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And I think that it's not even about the surgery or what you get done. Mm -hmm. I think it's more about the fact that you're lying. Yeah. And that's 
that goes against what your brand is and yeah your brand just not, is address, integrity. not just addressing it yeah not mm-hmm. addressing the issue mm-hmm. yeah because it's like if someone says oh have you had this done or have you done this and then you straight up lie mm-hmm. then that's a lie but i guess there's always that thing of if they don't say it it's technically not a lie but then if they're then preaching opposite then yeah then yeah, it's it's exactly. a mess. <laughs> yes. I think basically the point that we're trying to drive home in this whole episode is there's so much chaos which is going on mm-hmm. in the outside world. People are changing themselves. People are not changing themselves. There are so many things that are happening. But I think the, the best thing for us all to do is to try and be at peace with ourselves. And that's through self-understanding, self-acceptance. And Absolutely. if you want to change yourself, then go for it. If that's the thing that's going to make you happy, ultimately, mm-hmm. then do that because mm-hmm. we have one life. Genuinely, yeah. That's and it's thing. short. Yeah. But just maybe consider where exactly your needs and mm-hmm. wants and values are coming from. And maybe don't let yourself be swayed by other people's opinions just because one guy said something to you um about your vagina or Mm -hmm. boobs when you were 12 12 okay maybe not 12 (laughs) when you when you were Mm -hmm. 16 (laughs) legal age yeah when you were young that doesn't mean that it's true no that means it's their opinion absolutely and no one should reduce you to make you feel anything less Mm -hmm. it's it's a privilege for someone to indulge in your body your mind your spirit your soul absolutely yeah but I I definitely yeah it feels it's like you need to be honest with yourself like all of that Mm -hmm. yeah you need to be you need to like literally like I had to do it I had to sit down and have a genuine conversation with myself and be like look do I feel this way because other people are making me feel like I should do this or is this something that I can actually work on and change and and that's a conversation that we all need to have with ourselves and it is not an easy one absolutely not like Mm -hmm. you may be in tears you may not like at the end of the day, you are the only one that's always going to be there for you. Mm -hmm. And you are the only one in your life that matters. I mean more to me than anybody else does. Mm -hmm. And that took a long time for me to accept. And, you know, I know it's even hard for like people that I love, like Natalie or my mum to accept that if it came down to it, I'm choosing me. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I haven't felt that way always. I'd say only in the last two years have I actually started to believe that. And I think, you know, just being honest about what you want and what you feel like you can achieve because if you just want to continue to wallow in your own rubbish Mm -hmm. then you know you can you can do that but what's the point like if you actually want to have a quality of life and live a life Mm -hmm. that is you know worthy to yourself Mm -hmm. then you need to you know make the effort with yourself to Mm -hmm. do so isn't ultimate self-love discipline (laughs) yeah and that discipline mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, to actually yeah. take care of yourself. Absolutely. Not just no. internally, not, sorry, not just externally, but internally. Yeah, absolutely. As well. Absolutely. It really is. And like changing the way that you think about certain things is discipline. And I'm not going to lie, it's still very hard for me sometimes. Like you've got to check yourself. You mm-hmm. can't rely on other people to keep checking you. Mm-hmm. If you feel yourself like start to think about negative things and fall back into a negative mindset, it's down to you to check yourself and correct that negative and turn it into a positive. Mm-hmm. Like myself, like I've always believed that everything happens for a reason or like, you know, that any negative thing that does happen I try and find a way to make it into a positive Mm -hmm. otherwise I will go insane Mm -hmm. um and so I do have negative thoughts sometimes and I do you know we all you know we all make first you know like we all have judgments we all judge people it's Mm -hmm. innate and you know it's down to us to when we feel that pop up into our head to check ourselves and say no 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 bro like that is not okay Mm -hmm. change the way you think Mm -hmm. and when you start to also accept 
your shadow self is mm-hmm. when you can truly start to love yourself mm-hmm. from a psychological standpoint um the more you use it's actually used in cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. just like checking your thoughts and then like questioning them and then changing them into something else mm-hmm. the more you choose to put effort into thinking about your thoughts it creates that say that space yeah um and then you have that moment to actually consider you know am I thinking the right thing am Mm -hmm. I not thinking the right thing and then that's when it develops new um, and stronger neuropathways you give your brain more space to have other options exactly and yeah (laughs) yes no exactly and then from there then that's when when you think something then you repeatedly think it again and again, mm-hmm. then that's when it's, it becomes easier for you to, by default, go to that thought. Yeah. So it's about training yourself Absolutely. gradually to uh-huh. accept yourself and to love yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, you might not necessarily have to, like you said, mm-hmm. this is coming full circle. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be, I love myself. Mm-hmm. It just has to be, I see you. Yeah. And this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And I want to make the gradual yeah. change. Like you need and this to, is where I intend to yeah, go. Uh-huh. Like recognizing that these things your brain thinks a certain way Mm -hmm. and like acknowledging that it is okay. Like Mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up for thinking certain ways, but just you owe it to yourself to give yourself the space and the time and the energy to make better decisions. Jess, this has been such an amazing conversation. I just want to thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for everything, for coming on here today, for creating your content, for just being the earth angel that you are. Babes, I appreciate you. Thank you for having (laughs) me. You're amazing. So Jess, where can people follow you? Where can they check you out? Oh my God, this is the plug. Okay, so first (laughs) of all, I'm going to plug my YouTube. My YouTube is Jess Green Ash and this is where I speak about kind of everything. I'm kind of just like being honest about who I am as a 25 year old that is still very confused in life um but it's trying to do better and right by the people that love her and she loves mm-hmm. um and then instagram is the crude vegan uh i was going to change it to just greenness but i still like vegan stuff so mm-hmm. the crude vegan where it's just me and my daily life but then also i shall plug my store so that's she's crude.com mixture of Jess Greenash and the, the Crew Vegan where I am bringing out new products all the time. Absolutely and what sort of products do you have in your store? So I currently have greetings cards which are like just like straight to the point noble greetings cards. Mm-hmm. I also have calendars because I feel like it's really important to stay organized. Yes and, um, darling yeah. I'm going to be uploading some <laughs> uh, your tits are banging babe t-shirts very soon. I love that. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening and watching to the first ever episode of the Pretty Smart Podcast if you want to follow Jess um, all of her details are in the show notes the description bar below make sure you do that and of course my details are below as well and the podcast social media as this podcast is new I would really appreciate it if you guys could go on to Spotify go on to Apple Podcasts, and download the podcast and leave a review that would mean a lot to me because it's gonna hopefully help me with the algorithm Um, And yeah, share with your friends, share with your mom, share with your dad, share with your auntie and your grandma. I appreciate all of the support. (laughs) I really do. And um, yes, let's just make this world a better place, baby. Thanks for watching and listening. Bye.